And the bad news is we're we're out again. Yeah, we're not gonna be talking much about Leafs after this this podcast, but we're probably we're still gonna do like a, I guess like a quick intro to every single round. Yeah, every single kind of round and uh, a quick recap of I guess the previous round. Yeah, uh, if we have the time for it, I know we have an in depth discussion plan on what happened exactly with the Leafs in that series. Yeah. So we've had like. Three days, three, four days to kind of digest, kind of back away and look at it in a more objective point of view versus uh, yeah. being purely emotional. Yeah. Like I remember, so I was in Chicago at that time sitting in a sports bar. I was sitting beside this, this guy in a Lucic jersey, a Boston <laughs> jersey. And I remember sitting beside this guy. As soon as I got that seat, the guy looked over at me. And he saw me wearing my Leafs, my Leafs shirt and my Leafs hat, and he just laughed to his friends and, and shit. I'm wishing that guy was more obnoxious. Yeah. You know? Everyone there was so friendly. Yeah. I don't know. It's, well, you're, you're in Chicago, right? Yeah. Which is basically like a neutral <laughs> city yeah. there. So you're, you're in pretty good shape versus, you know, like our friend Derek, who went to the last game seven <laughs> yeah. by himself. Wearing a Leafs jersey, yeah. so I remember there was this one guy that got assaulted there. I guess yeah, was it that that year? I guess yeah, I think so. Twenty thirteen. Yeah, some guy got like knocked out. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't even do it. But this time around, it seemed like there was a lot more Leafs jersey out in the in the stands. So, but at the end of the day, like all Toronto teams, nothing easy, and we lost again. Yeah, I think that you know we we came into the series as underdogs yeah 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 considering the last like month and a half Bruins were killing it yeah uh given yeah it was down to the last two games or so for them to determine who's gonna win the Atlantic right yeah them versus like Tampa yeah even up to like the last game it was in when we recorded our last podcast we couldn't even determine if we're facing Lightnings or Bruins so yeah you know I guess it pisses me off so much because it's the Boston, another Boston sports team making it, you know, to the next round. And the fact we lost in game seven again. Yeah. And the fact that we had a lead in this game several times and we lost that lead. <laughs> now it wasn't a big lead. It was only one goal lead at any given point in time, but still. It was going back and forth. I feel like the couple goals that we gave up were kind of very shitty goals. You know, goals that you look at. I guess it's, it is, it's, Basically, like, game seven nerves, I think. Yeah. All the goals were pretty much like that, except maybe... Yeah, you know what? All of them were pretty much, yeah. like, a very... You can put a little blame on the goaltender, maybe cheating or getting a little too aggressive. Yeah. Again, that's probably, like, game seven nerves, right? The thing is, though, with the way that we played during that game, Boston pretty much dominated us in that game. The goals that we scored on Tuka Rask were pretty lucky as well, right? Yeah, yeah. so exactly. It's not like... The goalies were all kind of like calm and collected and making like solid saves, saves that they typically make on a regular basis. Like nine out of ten times, the puck's hitting them on the chest or shoulder, and they're in position for it, right? So even the, I guess like the closest to a nice goal would be say the Marlowe second goal. Yeah. But even then, you can tell like uh, Ras was like biting really hard on that. Um, you know, he was kind of cheating uh, or expecting Marner to do that toe drag. And yeah. then throw it in, and then until Marner went, dragged the defense over, and then passed it off to Marlowe, where Rass had to make an aggressive push back over to his left side that right. 
he basically slid out and he lost his position and Marlo scored. Yeah. It looked nice when it's in real time, but in like slow mode, you can tell like he pushed off way too hard. Oh, yeah. Definitely there was mistakes made on, on either side. Um, I think we tend to scrutinize the mistakes that are made on our side quite a bit. Yeah. And well, there's like, what, six goals? Right. <laughs> so there's a lot, there's of, a lot of more mistakes. There's a lot of mistakes to pick on, right? I know Anderson didn't have his sharpest game. Um, knowing that how, he didn't have his sharpest series overall, yeah. I think. Um, and again, I look at it objectively. Like, I talk to a lot of people. I talk to a lot of bandwagon fans who are just, you know, I'm happy that a lot of people are getting into hockey and getting into the playoff spirit and stuff, but sometimes I wish they wouldn't talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I actually don't know that many bandwagons, yeah. or I try not to engage <laughs> with them. I know... You know, back in high school during those good good days with like Gary Roberts, Sundin, and you know our run back then in the two thousands, it was good times, and you had a lot of people, you know, that watch hockey. Yeah. And by by hockey, I mean just the Leafs. Just the Leafs, yeah. And everything, every single time, it's just like, oh, this person's fucked it up and all that. I mean, overall. They never won a cup, so I guess they did fuck up, but it was good times then. Yeah, I think uh, the stat that I looked at that I couldn't actually couldn't believe um, is the Leafs haven't won a playoff series since 2004, back <laughs> back before we entered university, actually. Considering, yeah. like, from the last podcast, we were saying, like, the last 10 years prior yeah. to this was pretty much a wash. Yeah. Even actually in 20, yeah, 2013, when we finally made it in, it was, like, yeah. a good eight years in between. So, yeah, I'm not surprised we had, like, what, three playoff series in the last 15 years or so. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's pretty sad. It's, but It's ridiculous and it's crazy. And when you think about, you know, players who had a tough game, the one player who comes to mind, of course, is Jake Gardner. Yep, Jake the Snake Gardner. So I think I think we discussed it a bit on our one of our previous two uh, hockey podcasts. Yeah. Uh, I think this is probably a point of contention between me and you and some of our other friends as well. (laughs) I think we, prior to this, at the bar the other night, we had like a pretty heated argument about this player and a bunch of other players in the situation and and who's at fault and who's to blame for that loss. Yeah, I mean, there were at least two goals. Two goals that I would put on Gardner in terms of you know, he might not be the one in front of the net not taking someone, but really it's like he put the team in a compromising situation, especially the first, is it the second goal from Boston? Second or third goal, where he basically had time, there was no pressure on his end, he was behind his own goal line, and he decided to make a pass up the ice, and of all the players he was trying to hit, I'm not sure which player he was trying to hit, but he was throwing it up where there were two Bruins. Yeah. And, you know, lo and behold, the Bruins took, you know, intercepted the pass and, you know, counters us. And you can see, like, you know, two of our other forwards were actually pushing up the other way already. Yeah. Like, I guess, like what our other friend said, Tom, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, nine out of the ten times he's yeah. hitting that pass. Yeah. So, well, you got to read the situation. And you know it's like a, basically a back and forth, like, run, you know, the, the game of how it was going, as the, for the Leafs, it's like, you know what, you should settle down to play and slow it down, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and he does have the ability to do that. And I don't think he does it, just doesn't do it often enough. 
like that that stretch pass that he can often make on that left side. He's a left side defenseman. And guys like Matthews, Marner, Nylander can pick that pass up. Yeah, I know a lot of the, our players can't receive that pass. Like we yeah. have varying skills on our team, and I think I made that point of nine times out of ten he makes that makes that pass. Um, but that other one time where that pass gets intercepted, yeah, like we're he's flat footed behind, behind his net, right? And the other players are caught in the neutral zone, um, ready for that play to come the other way. I mean, we just took a look at it, right? You can tell, like, there's a lot of room for him to skate and a lot of time for him to skate and maybe, you know, do what he does best, bring up the puck and mm-hmm. pass center ice and then make a decision there. If he had to go in, I think the Bruins were ready for, you know, they're getting defensively set for the Leafs' mm-hmm. turn to come at them. But instead, they found themselves in a opportune situation where they're coming back and we pretty much left the center of the ice Straight down yeah. the middle with like no one, everyone's on the side of the board. So, you know, like that's one of the goals that yeah. we put on him, even though, you know, there were the support itself. Like, uh, like where I'm coming from, it's like, you know what, I get it. As a whole team, it's a, it's a team sport, right? right? Like other people have to cover you. But if you throw it up like that and mm-hmm. you're scrambling back, and we're not talking about a Bruins team that's not talented and can't mm-hmm. move the puck. And they got speed. So when you're scrambling back and you're not defensively set, mm-hmm. we're pretty bad when everything's set in place already. Yeah. Imagine when you're scrambling back and you have to go and find positions. That's pretty much like impossible, which which is the case because they scored on us on that one. Right. And I know, and I see that point. Like, there's one of these reasons why I defend a guy like Jake Gardner. Not, I mean, the guy's not without fault, of course. I see when he gives the puck away or when he doesn't, you know... Uh, cover the right guy in the defensive zone and such like the guy is not perfect by any means but the reason why I jump on that is the reason why you see people after the game saying okay let's get rid of this guy he sucks like just throw him off the team or whatever I mean that kind of mentality from people who don't watch the game yeah is kind of frustrating when you know the guy plays six good games right the guy played guy had his best season ever as a Leaf Point. Or as a, as a player. Um, when you're talking about like point production. Point wise, production yes. wise, um, he may not have had his strongest year as defensively. I think his prior season was probably stronger defensively than this season. Um, but the things that he does that people kind of don't notice what he does. I think you made the point that if you're noticing him out there a lot, it's probably not for a good reason. Yeah. I mean, he does make brilliant plays on the offensive side of the puck. Yeah. Let's just say that. Um one of his strengths is the ability to keep the puck in the zone and keep keep our team in possession of the puck. Mine, minus the giveaways, right? What he does is keep the puck in our zone, in their zone, in the opponent's zone. Yeah. He'll often come down the boards and try to keep that puck in possession of our forwards and uh, keep the puck in the blue line. But also, he also holds on to the puck instead of like just basically throwing it off the boards and out of the zone. So you'll notice a guy like Polak is always kind of just throwing it off the boards and out of the zone. Yeah. Gardner will hold on to it for that extra second. Sometimes he'll take the hit and then move the puck. Yeah. Um, and then his ability to break up, break up entries into our own zone from the blue line. So he will use his stick to break up zone entries. Where he does struggle is inside the zone. Yeah. Right? So he's not the most physical guy. So, so he loses those physical battles. Mm-hmm. Um using your stick pretty much isn't going to get the job done if you're not physically 
able to get to knock the guy off the puck, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. There's a reason why he doesn't penalty kill. Yeah. See, like you bring up all those points mm-hmm. that he does normally, mm-hmm. and that's good and all, but mm-hmm. you know, we we looked at another goal, mm-hmm. which is the the brusque goal, the, the, the second the, one, the one on one, yeah, the one on one, and all the stuff that you pretty much like listed out as a strong point. He didn't do. He didn't do. Yeah. It's just like. I'm not sure what it is in terms of mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. Like, he has the tools on a regular. He does it. Mm-hmm. But it's just like this game, it was just complete mess. Like, yeah. everything about it, I'm not sure if it's because it's a game seven. He was part of, like, the game seven that we lost last night. Yeah. And it's just, like, complete meltdown. <laughs> and, like, when you see, he played a lot of minutes, too, like 24. Yeah. <clears throat> he almost played half the game. I'm not sure if he played more than Mor- Morgan Riley, which mm-hmm. wouldn't be surprising because he had to get his face stitched up. Yeah. But the fact is, it's like that play where he has a good stick. When you look at it, he should have played the stick, especially yeah. in, you know, he had positionally, bodily, well, body-wise, he was already beat. Yeah. You know, even though if he lays a hit, like, you know, why? Like, mm-hmm. all, all the times you decide to lay a hit, yeah, it was you lay like, a hit at the wrong it, situation. I think, I mean, we looked at the play just before this. And he made this weird pivot. He turned the wrong way. Yeah, he turned inside. And then... He had to catch up, and he was there. <clears throat> he could have leaned in with a stick yeah. and kind of went at him with the stick. Um, <clears throat> I think he kind of anticipated DeBrusque cutting in towards the middle of the ice and yeah. getting that weak shot off because he had more or less the powerful shot taken away mm-hmm. by Gardner's body position and stick. But in his mind, he was, he was already <clears throat> got to play the body versus the puck, which yeah. normally, like you said, most of the time he doesn't, he doesn't do. do. That would have been an effective play if DeBrusque had cut in. I don't think I think DeBrusque took a look at him. And you know like, what? I can't, I can't get to the, the middle. <laughs> yeah, in my mind, when you think of DeBrusque, you're like, am I going to be afraid <laughs> of this guy's backhand? No, yeah. I'm not. So why am I putting the body on him? Yeah. This guy is going to bring it to his forehand. He was yeah. coming down the half boards with the puck on his backhand. Mm-hmm. You know, just the fact that he's not like the most skilled player, He's he doesn't have a wicked backhand. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know he's going to try to go forehand. When you know he's trying to go forehand, mm-hmm. you watch and you time it, right? The t- second that he pulls back to a forehand, you got your stick, you knock this puck in the corner. You know what? I see you know, Garner do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Like throughout the regular season, if someone go- does that on the left, left wing, mm-hmm. he knocks that puck and goes in the corner. Yeah. He might not go in the corner and pin the guy down for it, but at least it's in the corner and you're not afraid, right? You get right. your forwards back, yeah. if they have to cycle it back to the point, you know, you get everyone back in position. But, again, that one, I'm not going to blame him 100% on that one as well. He's, he's at it was fault a, for it, but it was, a soft it was definitely a soft yeah. goal. Anderson letting that one in was probably, you know, the backbreaker. And I see what you mean by all those points. Um, and he came after the game, he kind of owned that shit. He knew he didn't play well. Yeah. Right? And he was basically crying in front of the media, right? Like, yeah. he knows he played like shit, and he knows he cost us... In part, the game. Like, a large part. Yeah. He's got to get paid, but <laughs> this one game might actually... He might have cost himself a mil or two. Um, possibly. Because um, if I he's walking I, around thinking that he can be a top-pairing guy, yeah. and you do... You come out with a showing like this, people are going to say, you know what, your ceiling's probably going to be a second parent at max, and you're not going to be able to carry such a huge load, right? It's like, defensively speaking... 
this is what his sixth, seventh year in the league. Yeah, he, he is what he is at this point. He's gonna be, you know, like an offensively minded defenseman. Yeah, you're not expecting him to go shut down. He's not on the same level as say like a Doughty, you know, yeah. McDonough. He's he's in that second tier of defensemen, like ironically, like Tory Krug or like Shane Gostas Bear or. Um, a Dougie Hamilton or something, like a guy who you would send out there yeah. to play 20-plus minutes, but the guy doesn't penalty kill. Yeah. Um, certainly you want him out there for five-on-five because five he's a good possession player. He, he drives offense. He keeps the puck in your team's possession. But, again, I, I actually agree with you on this. I think we had a, a debate at, at the bar this week with, uh, with Tom again <laughs> talking about whether this guy is a top-four defenseman. I say, yes, he is a top-four defenseman. I look, he's like, look at other teams – and see if he fits in the top four. I'm like, I look at most teams, I say he fits in the top four. Yeah, but we're saying, like, look at playoff teams. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, in the, across the league, then sure, yeah. yeah. But if he's playing minutes and sometimes, you know, <coughs> Toronto media prior mm-hmm. when he first started, you know, when he first came in, mm-hmm. you know, rookie season and all that, mm-hmm. everyone talks about his composure and all that. But I think everyone across the league, he's probably been analyzed and, like, enough video session has been done that you can break down his tendency. We, as non-professional hockey players and, like, coaching staff can find out his tendencies. Mm -hmm. Imagine, you know, all the film session, they can break it down. They know how to attack this guy. He just, you know, they, you know, the second he has a puck behind Mm -hmm. the line, you either force him to hold on to the puck too long when Mm -hmm. he's, you know, carrying it up past the center ice. Because I notice that's a lot too, right? Sometimes... When he carries the puck, mm-hmm. it's almost tunnel vision. He's he already decided he's gonna bring it into the zone. Yeah. Versus like sometimes he has that space where he can give it back. Because yeah. like one of the wingers would fall back and give him the option of passing it back and then we can go and break into the zone. But it's not that. He will mm-hmm. kinda skate and he'll yeah. go into the you know, where the boards are, like yeah. uh where the benches are, and mm-hmm. he'll get cut off. And it's a turnover the other way. Yeah. There's times where he I noticed these plays where he kind of gets the puck and then he turns sideways in the neutral zone. Yeah. And he's kind of watching to see where the puck is going to go. But he's facing the center of the ice. Yeah. The whole time. So he, he pretty much knows what he wants to do with it. And if the play doesn't go the way he thinks it's going to go. Yeah. Like if his teammate turns the other way or whatever, like we're kind of stuck. Yeah. So I, I see I see some of the faults in his game for sure. And again, the only reason why I kind of jump in on people shitting on him all the time is that, you know, he does a lot of things right. And he does a lot of things right that people don't notice. Um, this year he kind of got saddled with a partner that I don't really think is very effective. Yeah. Zaitsev, um, I mean, Zaitsev is, again, he is what he is. He's still learning the North American game. He just struggled all, all year. Yeah. And he, and he had an okay season last season, but we, we paid him a lot and we paid him for a long time. Yeah. The thing is, moving forward, that's how the Leafs is going to be, be built though. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, we have the big three, and they're all going to come come up. And if Matthews is going to go 10 mil or even 13 mil a season, yeah. how much is Eichel making? Like, I, I, don't, I don't quite know. I could look that up. He but. said he, he took like a discount so yeah. his team can build around him. I'm like, bro, yeah. you took like maybe 500000 yeah. less. Who are you going to get? But well, um, They got Dolan. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, fuck. It, it's true. Like, the Leafs defenseman... Like the defense core, mm-hmm. you got Morgan Riley, which is on a very cap friendly contract, yeah. four point five, I think, for the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but after that, you're kind of, you know, Gardner is going to command at least 
5.5 or 6 million on the open market after next season. So I don't know the prospects of him staying. Um, Zaitsev is locked up for, I don't know, another, like, what, three or four years or more, actually. Yeah, it's a long... It's a long-term term, It's a long term deal. The term, of the term on the deal bothers me more than the actual cost. Yeah. But then, going into next season, like, five of our six defensemen already lock up. Like, yeah. Ainsy has, a, has a, uh, one more year left. Um, Zaitsev, man, Gardner, can you even Riley. Hainsey back, man. <laughs> but he's there. Like, we, ha- we have him. Defensemen don't grow on trees, and he'll he'll be back for one more season. Except he's a fuck. He's the fucking tree. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, sometimes I wonder he is the tree, just like he doesn't move. Yeah, <laughs> shit. Like the the only person who's not under contract right now is Roman Polak, and I think Babcock brings him back, which means we have the same defense next year. You think Bor? What happened to that other guy that we had last year? Uh, Andres Borgman? No, another guy. Uh, that we were... J- Justin Hull. No, another one. Uh, Martin Morinson? Yeah. Yeah. What happened to him? <laughs> He's another player that I think what is better than he looked, but he just looked like every time he touched the puck, it was a grenade, and he just couldn't figure out how to play with the puck or yeah. on the other side of the puck. Yeah, but, I mean, if we lose Jake Gardner after mm-hmm. next season, we have Travis McDermott. Oh, yeah. not McDermott, but Travis Dermott. Yeah. So, I mean... He's good. He's not as polished as you want him to be. Yeah. But he can hold his own. I feel like every single one of our last like three lines, it's mm-hmm. kind of built that way. We have one mobile mobile defenseman that mm-hmm. can generate the offense. And then we have one guy that's basically stands there positionally, covers the other guy. So you have Polak, you know, Hainsey. As I don't know. For some reason, people like him. <laughs> like we said before, you know, yeah. Roman Polak is a very old-looking 32-year-old. Yeah. Dude. I mean, he does have his, his strengths. I mean, the guy will hit anything that moves. But oftentimes, he loses his position on, on, on getting that hit. Look, I mean, we're stuck with this defense at least for one more season. Almost the exact same as how it is. Yeah. Unless they don't bring Polak back. Um, then who are you going to put on that on that side? Yeah, that's true. If, if, he's, if that's all he wants... Let me throw this out here. If we had Dion Phaneuf, what do you think it would be? Did we trade Dion Phaneuf last season? Um, yeah, I think so. Okay. Was it last season? I think it was the season before. Was Matthews here? Matthews has been here for two seasons. Yeah, but was he playing here? With, with Phaneuf? Yeah. No. I think we traded Phaneuf to Ottawa the season before. I'm not sure if yeah, I actually... I don't quite had, remember. Like, uh... I don't feel like Phaneuf actually had a full season with uh, Ottawa Senators before. Oh. So, actually, I don't know. Well, whatever the case, if we have Phaneuf, what would be defensively better? I feel like Phaneuf took a lot of shit. He took a lot of shit. I mean, he's not a first-pairing defenseman. Let's just say that. Um, But if you were to put him, replace him with, replace him with, Hainsey, or take Hainsey out to put him in there. I think I would do it, for sure. Yeah. I don't just think I would do it. I would put him there. Or, you know, I'd put him on a... I mean... See, I, that's the thing. Like, what do we trade yeah. Phaneuf for? His contract was, was not good. Yeah, it wasn't good. Yeah. But then, at the same time, if you were in a position to... In this position, <laughs> right? We had one more year before all the big three contract kind of kicks mm-hmm. in. Yeah. And that's when we have to trade him. 
and it still seems like there's a market for him because he got traded to Ottawa, and Ottawa traded him to the Kings. Yeah. There's still, like, a market for Phaneuf as badly as his contract is. Yeah. There's always a team that's willing to take that off. And I feel like that's going to be basically his career moving forward. It's just, like, every single playoff team yeah. that needs a D-man that's willing to take him on, they'll take on his contract. I think they just wanted to get rid of that old era, like the whole Phaneuf and Kessel era. They wanted that yeah. that era out for the most part. And I think Van Riemsdyk walking after this season, Bozak walking after this <laughs> season, like they're they're trying to rid themselves of that like that stench of failure. Yeah. Like I don't understand like JVR. But then again, even all the way back to the trade with Luke Shen for JVR, I wasn't like too big a fan of JVR scored goals, but in terms of talent-wise, it wasn't there. He's one of the biggest soft players in the entire league. Yeah, for sure. But I think, you know, you hear a lot about all these analysts talking about the Leafs. Hmm. Like, I was reading ESPN. I think the Americans people, or the American are people that are trying to drum up this drama between Canadian versus American. Mm-hmm. They're talking a lot of shit about how Oh, Marner, you know, in the series, they're singing the praise of a Marner, mm-hmm. obviously a Canadian or Toronto-born player, mm-hmm. versus now they're throwing all these criticism on uh, Matthews to try to drum up this whole controversy or drama between the two, like mm-hmm. how Toronto media or even Toronto fans are going to pick up pick, pick up on that whole nationality thing. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. And I'm thinking, yeah, you know what? In my mind, Marner played a way better series than... Matthews in terms of like point production. Yeah, but that's because Matt or Marner most of the time didn't have to play against Chara and Bergeron. Yeah, right. He got free of that matchup, um, and they had some success mm-hmm. uh, away from the Bruins' top top players. Yeah, but at the end of the day, I still think you know Matthews. Yeah, I guess it's like the injury for a season. He was pretty kind of banged up. Yeah, like. Uh, Probably didn't want to take any more hits on top, like you know, unconsciously you you probably try to avoid getting hit, right? If you're hurt yeah. already, so maybe that's one of the case. Like I was messaging you during the week, I'm saying I expected you know, in terms of like superstar projection, mm-hmm. you know, the first year or the first time that these uh, superstars or mega superstars get into the playoffs, mm-hmm. not everyone's going to perform. You know, they're not going to kill it in the first series. Look at Crosby in his first series. They got eliminated, too, in the first yeah. round. But in the second second season, they went all the way up to the finals. Yeah. And he performed. And so this was kind of the projection I was expecting in terms of what, you know, Matthews has, right? Mm-hmm. And I think in terms, if he's going to play and if he's going to win, we, we can always say, like, oh, yeah, he played against the top lines. Mm-hmm. But you know what? He's playing against the top yeah. line every single night. He's going to have to eventually beat that or shake that yeah um and his his wingers have to kind of pitch in and help um who was he playing with he was playing with hyman and connor brown in the latter half yeah nylander got he was playing with nylander but then nylander wasn't really having a good series he was struggling badly and so he ended up on the fourth line yeah then when kadri comes but came back that line started to look a little bit more decent that line could easily be a second line actually I mean, you consider the talent because they have, mm-hmm. what, like, uh, Janssen and and Nylander centered mm-hmm. by Kadri. Kadri's not a slouch in terms of talent-wise. Yeah. Because if you look at him, he's pretty skilled. He's a playmaker to begin with, right? 
now he got his defensive side going, so he can actually yeah. play center versus being a winger. So let's talk about Kadri for a second. I know we've, we've gone on and on about the Leafs. We still haven't touched yeah. the, the other series. I don't know if we will. <laughs> um, did Kadri's hit cost us the series, like those first couple games? Which game was it that it was Bergeron that got out that damn play? Game four? Uh, Bergeron missed game three, I think. No, game no, three. wait. Did he miss game three? One of the games that he yeah. missed. So yeah, I think it was game we, three. We can say we lost Kadri yeah. for the three games. Mm-hmm. Would we have won one of them? Mm-hmm. I guess we would have. We should have won one of yeah. them anyways mm-hmm. to begin with. When mm-hmm. Bergeron wasn't on the line there, yeah. instead we got killed in that one as well. Yeah, uh, we didn't respond until what? Actually, we won the first game in mm-hmm. Brune, like in, when we were in Boston. Yeah, we won the first game there. And Bergeron was out on the fourth game, I think. The fourth game. We should have so, came back. Yeah. Well, we shouldn't have. Like, that's, on paper-wise, that should have freed up, you know, Matthews mm-hmm. and Marner t- for their line to yeah. do their thing. We were They were missing Bergeron, and they were on the road. Bruins were on the road, and they still beat us. Yeah. I mean, that Kadri thing... I feel like NHL is throwing out suspension like no tomorrow. Yeah. This, these playoffs, because a lot of like if you watch TSM, Bob McKenzie, they always talk about oh playoff games hold higher precedence than say or precedence than um, regular season games. Mm-hmm. But when you throw a three game <laughs> versus like well, Evander can't freaking cross check the guy in the face yeah. like on purpose. Yeah, and he got he gets one game. Yeah, like yo, what the hell when. Like, the Cadres hit can be 50. It's in the gray, right? Like, yeah. what he says, maybe if you give him the benefit of the doubt, yeah. Because yeah. he was, you know, he was already skating there. And the yeah. guy kind of fell down on one knee and mm-hmm. put himself in that position. Yeah. Then sure, yeah. I can see it from that side. But is that more dangerous than yeah. someone, like, purposely cross-checking someone in the face? Yeah, that, that Kane hit was blatant. Like, there's no, there's no explaining it. Uh, any any way other than what it looked like. Yeah, and you're <laughs> telling me that guy only gets three, like one game. Yeah, I, I, I'm actually not too sure about that. And I guess Leafs fans have a, a right to be pissed off about that. Yeah, but so I mean, would he have changed anything? Anderson wasn't sharp in those games as yeah. well. That's a big thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like you said, he like even though there's that first game where he made that ridiculous save on the blocker mm-hmm. in the dying minutes. If you look at the whole body of work throughout the game, mm-hmm. he wasn't in control. When I say control, I mean like making saves that are routine. Yeah. He might be aggressively yeah. sliding on the other side. Yeah. You know, he could have been beat. Most of the goals yeah. that he was beat on, it's really just like a two-on-one, yeah. hot man rushes. And he also lacked some mental toughness and awareness. That that goal that Chara scored on him from like, Oh, the man. Corner, I'm just like, well, Anderson's saying we didn't think that Chara could, could do that. Yeah, I didn't yeah. think Char can do that, but yeah. <clears throat> that was the slowest, slowest like, <laughs> yeah, no one picked him up, and then mm-hmm. it's just like, he picked your corner, like, that was the perfect, like, clean goal, you know, again, he should have had that one. He he made nice saves, but then mm-hmm. when the team needed him to make, you know, normal save, you can tell, maybe that's the reason why on those Otman rushes, mm-hmm. you know, like, the defenseman wasn't picking up the the pass, they yeah. were thinking, like, oh, fuck, I can't even trust Anderson in making the initial save, you know, I gotta take the shot, and it opens yeah. up the pass, like, those two two-on-ones in that, that game that cost us that game. Yeah, when we yeah. always play, mm-hmm. when we play hockey ourselves, we yeah. always tell the goalie, hey, on a two-on-one situation, mm-hmm. well, I'll take the pass, 
every single time of the day, I'm going to take the pass. Mm-hmm. Unless the guy's skating so fast that he can yeah. blow by me, yeah. then, yeah, shit, I'm out of luck. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's easier for the defenseman to take the pass away than it is for a goalie to cut across. Well, I guess when we play roller, there's no yeah. sliding across, yeah. right? But as a goalie nowadays, you should expect to make those, you know, straight-on shot unless you totally get killed. Like how Matthews can shoot it under yeah. right over your shoulder, block your side under the bar. But those are like shots your goals you're yeah, willing to give that's up. That's perfect shots. Yeah, you yeah. can't, you know, that's what you're trying to fight against. But I don't blame Condry. Yeah. What, what can you say? Like yeah. he's, he's, he produces points. He's a major, you know, he's a key contributor in, in terms yeah. of the team. But defensively mm-hmm. speaking, was he going to be on, yeah. on, you know, if he was on, would he take away all those goals? Maybe probably, one? Probably not. Um, and he, his defensive work has come a long way. Yeah. Babcock has brought out the best in him. Offensively, he was saddled with Komarov for most of the season. Yeah. He only really started to turn it up once he and Marlow moved with Mitch Marner. So Marner really is the driver of Kadri's kind of offense. But Kadri um, never really had a good line mate, if you think about it. His entire yeah. tenure playing here... Yeah. He hardly got to play with Kyle, like Kessel. Yeah, they put him on with Kessel for a couple of games yeah. as an experiment, mm-hmm. and then they expected immediate like impact, <laughs> and it never happened. And they took him off the line. Yeah, like who are his best linemates? Like except from Mitch Marner, Patrick Marlowe. Like yeah, that was it. Season. But you're yeah. talking about a 39 year old Patrick Marlowe, <laughs> yeah. who needed other people like another winger that's creative and yeah. opens up the space for him because Marlowe. And Kadri disappeared for quite long stretches of the season because, yeah. again, once that the puck hits that right side with Komarov, the puck, the possession is lost. <laughs> yeah. Like you may as well have nobody there. Yeah, essentially. So, so I don't think he ever, you know, pre the big three <clears throat> era, we never yeah. put him on in terms of he was yeah. supposed to be our uh, savior mm-hmm. in terms <laughs> of like when we drafted him like seventh overall. Yeah, we expect him to be this awesome player. Yeah, you know when he came in first game of the. As a pro player, he scores that wicked um, backhand uh, shootout. Yeah. And then you can see he's skilled, but in yeah. terms of like different players, especially coming from like Tavares draft year, mm-hmm. Tavares had like the impact, even though it took him like maybe two seasons for him to actually finally click. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people were saying, in terms of intensity wise, Kadri and Junior is probably more like the way he plays in playoff hockey mm-hmm. is probably more intense than Tavares. They probably have it. It's just like, again, like superstars have a way of playing that's always on all the time. So it's a consistency issue, right? Mm-hmm. But I think if he gets to play with like Mitch Marner yeah. for a whole season, it would actually be, they could easily be the top line if they, yeah. if they click. Or a good second line. And they at yeah. least have all the options going forward for all these offensive players to play with. Like, yeah. They have skill up and down the lineup. I know JVR is probably not coming back. Mm-hmm. Komarov probably not coming back. But you insert like uh, Levo in the lineup or Andreas uh, Janssen and um, uh, who else? Kapanen is, is going to yeah. be around on, in a full-time role. Like all these guys, you have all these guys to play with now. Marlo's going to be there. Yeah. That's the thing. Like um, Matthews actually in his exit interview... Mm-hmm. Uh, said that he wants to play with like Marner more, so they never really did that until like the last game, like in yeah. Game Seven. Uh, they were playing. They actually did like a double shifted uh, Matthews out there with them, and they scored. So you know, even though Matthews didn't touch mm-hmm. the puck on that one, but mm-hmm. you know, 
if you give them time to do it. So does that mean he doesn't want to play with like Nylander? Yeah, it, it might be the case, or they might see more chemistry between himself and Marner. But the thing is, that if you if you want Kadri as your shutdown center, mm-hmm. you're not putting Nylander out there on a shutdown line. Yeah, just he's shown such lack of defensive awareness that you can't use him there. Yeah, actually, speaking yeah. of like Nylander, I. Mm-hmm. Uh, the chiropractor that I go check out yeah. with, he has friends that are part of like the Marley's um, medical staff. Mm-hmm. So they would hang out with, you know, uh, Dermot and all these players, uh, Josh Levo and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And when they hang out with them, they're like, they basically said, Nylander is probably as talented, if not talent, more talented than Matthews, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have the same intensity. Which isn't surprising. I don't think you see a lot of like Swedish player that has that intensity besides like uh, Peter Forsberg. Yeah. Other than that, most of them kind of come into their own at their own pace. Right. Like even the Sedins, like you don't see that kind of intensity, but they'll produce. Yeah. Eric Carlson. Yeah. 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 You're not. See- well, I guess the last season yeah. when he's struggling, you can see the yeah. frustration. Yeah. Uh, different type of intensity. Because Melnick won't pay him. Yeah. Well, you know, you know how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> but. I mean, yeah. I want to see him succeed. I want him to take that step. Mm-hmm. But even then, like, even our last big suite, which was Sandin, yeah, I think there was time when people said that there's not enough intensity yeah. from him. He's a quiet leader. He's a quiet leader. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be the case with, like, William Nylander. And hopefully he finds his way in terms of, like, bringing that intensity and, you know, yeah. stepping it up. Because I think he could be, you know, if he wanted to or if he puts his mind to it, he could get to, like, maybe challenge you know Matthews as the most talented and skill forward we have but we'll see how that goes you want to talk about the uh, other yeah. like a quick cap in terms of our selection for round two yeah so I mean Vegas is through I I didn't think that they would get through or I, I hope they wouldn't get through <laughs> yeah but they ended up sweeping LA so well they were that. they won five games in a row it was, yeah. They finally experienced their first playoff loss, whereas of right now, yeah. the series is 1-1. 1-1. And they dominated that, that first series in terms of possession. Yeah. Like, the scores were close, but the games weren't close. Yeah. But, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say. When you look at Vegas and you see the... Like, I, don't, I haven't watched a lot of Vegas, mm-hmm. so I watched their game last night. It looks like they're having a lot of fun in that arena. Like, it looks like a hype-up in environment, which I could say, damn, that's, is that a hockey town? It makes me question. I think it's like a U.S. thing. I think U.S. cities are less conservative in a sense, mm-hmm. you know, people don't care about what, you know, what other people are thinking about them, right? They go in there in their chair and they're probably used to this mm-hmm. atmosphere where people are more, they'll chair. I think Canadians are just more conservative in general. Well, I mean, Torontonians are, but, you know, you go to Winnipeg, fans are going nuts. Yeah. Um, places like Montreal fans are going nuts. Here we have people that are all quiet. Yeah, it's just overall the city environment. People always tell other people to shut up. And yeah. like, if you're out in your backyard too loud, people tell you to shut up. So yeah. I think it's... I've done that before to people. Yeah, so it's like maybe it's it's hard to kind of, you know, in terms of uh, expect in Toronto to be that loud. But like Smashville, they're, they're pretty loud. They yeah. get into it. They do a lot of chants. Yeah. It might be manufactured. It might not be as genuine. They bring out the plane. They brought a, a Jets plane to like smash now. Yeah. With a tiny hammer. 
hopefully like Winnipeg brings out a predator species and then we smash it. <laughs> you bring out a poacher just to gun it down. Yeah. Um, but I'm crossing my finger yeah. for sharks to yeah. eliminate the knights just so yeah. I can stop this fucking Cinderella story yeah, and, and stop hearing people tell me I told you so. I told you so. Who's so. telling you I told you so? <laughs> I'm so yeah. sick of this Vegas story. That's yeah. all I have to say. I'm, I'm oh, done with them. You know the NHL kind of set this draft up in order to get Vegas some success. They got some help. Right? Yeah, no, it's, it's one of the most successful, if not the most successful, expansive franchise in league history. Then we'll see what happens yeah. with Seattle. I think Seattle's guaranteed to have a team yeah. now, right? They're, yeah, they're guaranteed to have. They won't have as much luck, probably, but yeah, yeah I don't know. But um, Sharks tied up the series. They They... Dominated them in the game yesterday. Yeah, it's just at stretches. Um, Vander Kane's coming back next game, uh, mm-hmm. so, uh, although he shouldn't. Um, I think the Sharks have a, have a good chance. Yeah, I'm hoping. The, yeah. I like Logan yeah. Couture as yeah. uh, as a player, so yeah. hopefully that team is a likable yeah. team in terms of like who you want to see yeah. win. Just a little old uh, on the age front, but you, you know, know what? Pavelski's old. Yeah, Gordon old. You're looking yeah. at. A team that's kind of like a Vancouver Canucks, you know, this might be their final yeah. chance at it, right? Yeah. In terms of, it's got to be tough even if they make it to the next one because, mm-hmm. like, Nashville and, you know, perfect segue. We're going into yeah. Nashville and, yeah. like, Winnipeg. Um, I think that one's probably should be in a perfect world, mm-hmm. in a perfect hypothetical world where conferences are eliminated for playoffs and mm-hmm. we reseed everyone that way. That would be an awesome. You know, conference finals, conference yeah, final, sure. or even like uh, you know, Stanley Cup finals that we yeah. like mix everything up together. Mm-hmm. So that one's probably the most exciting series of the you know second round series. Yeah, you've got Connor Hellebuck on his game completely right he'll, now. He stole that first game. The guy's in his own. Um, you've got the Jets' offensive powerhouse, Wheeler, Line A, Shifley, yeah. Ehlers, like that that team, Bufflin. That team is set up to kind of dominate, but then on the other side you've got the Preds defense, which is yeah. the, their top four is crazy. Like Subban, Roman Yossi, Ryan Ellis, Matias Ekholm, like that's like a perfect matchup almost. Yeah, right? you're, you're going by Yeah, but you can't even knock on like uh Nashville's fourths. They're yeah. skilled, man. Philippe yeah. Forsberg, like I'm pretty sure fucking capitals <laughs> fucking shitting themselves. Was George McPhee the one that Freaking traded him away. I yeah, think it was. I think so. Yeah, George McPhee's not a perfect GM. But imagine if, like, Forsberg was there. That'd be insane. Yeah, it but, would be. But they still got offensive talent. You know, Johansson, Arvidsson, Turris, yeah. Kevin Fiala. Like, this is a perfect series, like, right now. Perfect matchup. Yeah, but I think even... Is Truba back for... For the Jets, I'm not. I'm not 100 sure on that. But even even without him, I still like the Jets' defense as well. But Mark Shifley is probably like the most one of the more underrated, you know, young young guns coming up. I think he could be. You know, it's like a back and forth. You know, everyone talks about Connor McDavid being amazing, but at the end of the day, it's not given that he's always going to be 100. You know, yeah. the given Hart Trophy finalist. Yeah, because they just came out with the hard finalists, and he's not part of it. Yeah, which makes sense because yeah. his team fucking sucks. Yeah, they didn't make the playoffs, and they didn't. They did not set him up for success. Yeah, and although he had to carry them, he just couldn't carry them far enough. Yeah, I'm so sick of like these friggin' OKC Russell Westbrook kind of crap, where it's like, you know, this guy statistically had an amazing year. Yeah, but his team fucking sucks, <laughs> and like statistically, 
I know hockey is more, I think hockey is more of a team sport than basketball, where if a player kind of dominates in individual stats in a, in a sport like basketball, sometimes they're not passing the ball to their teammates. They're just trying to do it all themselves. Yeah. Right? So a player could score 50, 60 points in a game, um, and then they take way more field goals and they miss a lot of shots that their teammates could have had a better chance to like score on, the, on those possessions. Yeah. But I think Shifley is good. Probably everyone talks about Patrick Laine, but I think Shifley is secretly their best player. Hands down. Yeah, he might be, and, and they've got the, the talent around him to exceed. You talk about like size and speed and skill, like they have everything there set up for them. Alright, let's move to Boston and Tampa. Uh I'm kinda indifferent on this yeah. on this series. Yeah. Um I'll pick like Tampa just because I don't like yeah. Bruins. I want Tampa to win now, like Yeah. I don't I don't mind it. I like Steven Stamkos, so yeah. if he has another crack for yeah. in his career he's been to the finals once mm-hmm. I think conference final he lost in the conference final early on in his career with uh, St. Louis there mm-hmm. which I thought they should have won I think that's the one that um, actually Boston they faced Boston as well I think mm-hmm. it was game 7 I remember watching it with you down at Young and Egg mm-hmm. uh, I wish they had won that one I think that's the year that Bruins won too um, so hopefully Stamkos move forward in terms of that that's a good team because like Lightning's basically Toronto. Yeah, they're a deep, fast team. Yeah, they may have more ready superstar talent, yeah. like Stamkos, Kucherov, or Hedman are all like in their prime. Yeah, imagine just imagine if Stamkos was in Toronto, but it's a pipe dream now. But Tavares, you know, Tavares, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you never know. You just never know. I don't think things are going that great on the island for him. You just cross your fingers, but then you know he has other suitors that could use his. That's true, but if there's any guy that would come to Toronto, I think realistically Tavares has that drive and has that like intensity that he probably yeah. would take on the challenge. And he has better players to play with here, I think. Yeah, can you imagine? It's basically the London Knights, yeah, all grown up. Yeah. <laughs> so now we have the last one, which is the Forgotten series because I can't even think. Caps about it. Penguins. You forgot about Caps and Penguins. I feel like it's <laughs> so like they they face each other so many times yeah. that it's gotten kind of stale in some yeah. sense as like if you're not a 100% like if you're not really into hockey and yeah. sometimes you just like oh you watch hockey when yeah. it's on then this is an awesome series because like yeah. you have like the marquee names that's been basically carrying the NHL for the last 10 years easily yeah. so you have Crosby and Ovechkin right I remember yeah. the first time when they met in the, mm-hmm. uh, in the playoffs that was mm-hmm. amazing yeah where they were trading hat tricks and that was like when they're see these are two people that Two players that came and met the occasion, right? Like, yeah. they knew how important it was. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I really wanted Crosby to win. And now that he's won, like, three cups, yeah. I don't really care. Watching him win a three-peat would be awesome. But yeah. I feel like, you know, for Ovechkin, he, as great as the player that he is, you know, I hope he does win it. Yeah. But this is the, the Caps team at their weakest, too. Like, we've seen stronger Caps teams before in the past. Yeah. The Penguins, I think, I look at their team, I think, damn, they've never been stronger. Like as a team, the yeah. depth on that team. You've got Kessel, you've got down the middle, you've got Crosby, Malkin, Derek Brassard. Yeah. You've got Sh- Justin Schultz and, and Latang on the defense, and you've got some decent goaltending, not great goaltending. I can't believe you were mentioning Justin Schultz. Yeah. <laughs> hey. got, yeah, I know, but like as a throwaway piece, he yeah, basically yeah, yeah. was a throwaway piece yeah. at that time. And he, it just, it just shows like yeah. Oilers is just a shit show. <laughs> like everyone leaves yeah. Oilers and are, 
having success. Yeah. Look at that whole Islanders second line. Like they they traded Everly. Yeah. Um, Barzal was one of their picks. Yeah. And I think Bovillier was also one of their picks too. Yeah. And then you have Taylor Hall. Yeah. Who's a Hart <laughs> finalist. Yeah. You trade it for Larson. Yeah. Complete joke. Yeah. Not complete joke. I know. I understand yeah. where you're coming from, but yeah. dude, Taylor Hall is top like top three left winger. I agree, but like this whole series, I'd like to see the Caps win something. Like Ovechkin is just such a he's such a fucking good player. Yeah, he's such a dominant player, and he's he again wins the goal scoring trophy like I more feel, often than not. Like, yeah, I feel his spirit gets yeah. broken every single yeah. year. I mean, he didn't win the gold medal like yeah. in the Olympics. He just watched his country mates win that gold medal. <laughs> but, they didn't even win the gold medal for Russia. Yeah, they're <laughs> athletes from Russia. Yeah, but. Uh, that one I'm kind of toss-up. I can cheer for either. Yeah. Just because there's history to be made with Crosby and the way that they're playing. Um, I just think, you know, I again, I understand that they picked Matt Murray in terms of the goalie of the future. But yeah. I know for a fact that, not for a fact, but even just looking at Mark Fleury and the way that he's playing. Yeah. They must be kicking themselves. Because yeah. this guy, he wasn't washed. Like, there's no way, like, the two seasons ago, mm-hmm. when they made that coaching change midway through the season, they were shit out of luck. They were, like, almost dead last. Yeah. And it was Flurry that carried them and mm-hmm. made all that run. Yeah. Until he got hit and, you know, got concussed. Mm-hmm. And that's a shitty way to lose your job. Yeah, and it happens all the time. Um, but he just never got it back, I guess. Well, last season, at least he got a chance to kind of, you know, play, yeah. play some important series. Like, in terms of... You know, got to play in that rivalry with Caps. I was pretty happy that mm-hmm. he got, but it was pretty shitty that he got, you know, such a short rope in terms of, like, the second that he lost, yeah, you know, he was out. Yeah. I'm like, yo, what the hell? I'm pretty yeah. sure they could have won with Flurry. Yeah, that. pretty so, much everything he did for that franchise, too. Yeah. I think their decision to let him or expose him was more of a money thing. It is. It's kind of like, do you expose Murray? Because there you thought, you know, mm-hmm. Murray's going to be taken for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You you don't know actually because yeah, like when you put Flurry yeah. out there, you know for a fact that he's gonna get taken. They could have made some side deals because there's teams that expose goalies, and they made a side deal so that you know Vegas wouldn't take that goalie. Yeah. But example. there's no way that Flurry would have played backup mm-hmm. though, and there's no way that Matt Murray would have wanted to play backup again. Yeah. You know, especially <clears throat> after going back to back as a, as a goalie that yeah. won the cup. There's no <clears throat> way that's gonna happen. But it's a really crappy way. But like, I was pretty happy that he got to play. In some of the more serious, you know, yeah. series leading up to yeah. like the the cup win last year, though you never know. He and Murray might meet in the finals. No, <laughs> but uh, all right. I think this is a long enough uh, hockey podcast. Yeah, it's seriously too long. But <laughs> yeah. uh, thanks for reaching the end, yeah. and uh, we'll talk to you next round later. <laughs>